The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1499. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Never let go of God's word. It will keep you safe. Never Stop hearing God's word. It will keep you safe and protect you from the evil one. Now, last Sunday was the transfiguration. We heard my own historical account of how I have a bit of trepidation, trepidation towards that Sunday because well, I was called out in front of others for not knowing the meaning of the transfiguration, and it was true, and we went through all of that, and that is not how I am today. I have studied it, I have listened to God's Word, and I know what the point was. We heard the historical account whereupon I admonished you to forget about who was there, to forget about 
the mist that was there, the glowing Lord, to forget about all of that. But I told you the most important part was hear the word of God when he said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. We know that Peter didn't understand. We know that that mountaintop experience for him was one that he wanted it to last, to build three buildings. And we're no different. We don't want the mountaintop experience to, to go away. We want it to be there forever. It's comfortable on the mountain. We need to hear what God has to say over and over again. We need to listen. We need to hear what the word that became flesh is saying to us, to you and to me this very day. Adam and Eve show us the object of our repentance for this first Sunday in Lent. They let go of God's word. They ignored God's word. Adam didn't preach it when he should have, and Eve didn't hold on to it when tempted. Together, they let God's word go, and then they were sitting ducks for the serpent. Did you hear what I just said? Hear this then. Cling to God's word. Hold on to it as it is the greatest treasure. Hear my plea. I'm serious right now. Hear me. Now is the time. Right now. It's the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Please, don't put it off. Please, don't wait. Don't think that learning God's word is something that you can find time to do later. This is to grandparents and parents and great-grandparents. Please hear me. Listen to what I have to say. Don't let your kids, don't let your grandkids, don't let your great-grandkids avoid God's word. In Sunday school or in catechism, in the, during the catechesis, don't teach them. Don't let your kids teach their kids that there are things that are more important and it's okay to scoot God's word to the side. It's not. And to you all here, we have Bible study twice a week. In addition to this week and during the Lenten season, 
We have services on Wednesday nights too. There's three opportunities for you to come and be in the Word. More if you look for it. More if you ask for it. Please don't think that you have learned enough or have nothing else to hear from God's Word. To the children and the youth that might hear this at another time since we're recording this, to the children and the youth, I say, listen. As you grow older and as your time gets filled up with all sorts of other things, don't think that you don't need God's Word. Keep coming to hear it preached. Come and study it and learn it. The admonishment would be, and I'm saying this to myself because I need to hear this, by the way, don't be like Adam and Eve who listened to the devil and gave up God's word. Rather, come and hear it. Read it every day. Learn it. Study it. Cling to it. Make your pastor answer your questions about it and teach it to you. Thank you, Tim. Make it your highest treasure. Make it your highest joy. Now, of course, I can't make you hold on to God's word. And, in fact, I know that neither you nor I will do it. We will fail. You will fail, I will fail, just like Adam and Eve did. So listen carefully, again, today, to God's word, to the promise of Christ, which save us by his word, his promises. Which ones does he keep? All of them. His promises save us by his word. The story of man's fall shows us clearly three things will befell man when they let go of God's word. But the Lord was right there. He was right there to give his promise of salvation in the one born of a woman. So Jesus comes, and Jesus undoes, or undoes, in nice English, Jesus undoes what we have done, and Jesus saves us. First of all, Adam and Eve didn't listen to God's word, did they? They knew it, but they didn't follow it. There's our first repentance. We have God's word. We learned from our catechism. We know the commandments. We know the creed. We know the Lord's prayer. But when the devil and the world and our sinful flesh get going in tempting us, we forget all about that. 
What the world says we should do and get and how we should, that's what sounds a whole lot better. We struggle through life as if the word of God doesn't teach us. We struggle as if the word of God doesn't teach us how to live, how to act, how to behave and get along with our neighbor. Even worse, even worse, we let the world tell us about God instead of learning about him from God's word. When we reject the word like that, we deserve nothing but eternal death. So, Jesus comes. And Jesus takes on flesh. And Jesus gets baptized. And then he goes into the wilderness. And the devil twisted God's word and caused Adam and Eve to fall into sin. Likewise, the devil comes to Jesus and also twists God's word. But this time, the devil doesn't win. This time, the man wins. Jesus holds fast to God's word. He clings to what his Father has said. And it drives the devil away. When you despise God's word... Recognize it, confess it, and hear the good news. Jesus has kept his word, and his keeping and his holding on to God's word counts for you and for me. When Adam and Eve gave up God's word, Then they were suddenly ashamed of their nakedness. They were exposed. You and I know that feeling of being exposed. I was exposed for not knowing what transfiguration was. You and I know what that feeling is like. We do things. We have done things that we don't want anyone else to see, but we're always looking over our shoulders. I spent a lot of time looking in my rearview mirror in the vehicle. We do things we should not have done, and we are quick to hide those things. We cover it up. Perhaps it's a quick switch to a different computer screen. Or for the kids out there, it's uh, to bury the bad report card at the bottom of the backpack. Or blame the problem on someone else's work. We hide and we run from our sins. But God sees. The Lord knows what you have done. He sees what you have done. His eyes penetrate into your sinful heart and mind where you think that no one can get to. The Lord beholds your nakedness behind 
the silly fig leaves that we put together. Fig leaves dry up, don't they? They don't last. He sees, and in his mercy, he covers you and me. The Lord killed some sheep or goats, and he made shirts and undies and everything else for Adam and Eve, and he covered their nakedness. That was the first death, by the way. Sin brought death to cover our nakedness. And our loving Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, He covers your sins. He covers your nakedness by the death of another lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lamb who is His Son. And when Jesus sheds His blood, it is so that you will be covered. And when you are baptized, the Holy Spirit puts Christ on you. He clothes you with Jesus. He covers your sin nakedness with the Son of God so that neither you or I nor God have to look at yourself exposed by sin, but covered by forgiveness, the forgiveness of Jesus. And when Adam and Eve sinned, God brought punishment and a curse to them and the world. He brought suffering. He brought heartache, pain in childbearing, brought the toil and the drudgery of daily work to eke out a living. It brought thorns and thistles and sickness and death. These are the things that our sins have earned. And they are no different for us. When we get sick or when we fail, when we die, when nothing is as we wish it were, then we need to pay close attention because what we are witnessing is the punishment of God upon sin upon this earth. The Lord has cursed his earth so that we will never trust in it. The earth won't save us. And the Lord is punishing his creation for what Adam and Eve have done. And we bear that punishment and suffer. We suffer it because of our own sins. Dust you are, and dust you will return. It's a question. What is dust? Ken read this. Dust is what the serpent gets to eat. So Jesus comes 
to take that punishment upon himself and to free us from God's wrath. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus comes to wear a crown of thorns to show that he is carrying the curse, not for himself, but for us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus comes to offer himself as a target for the devil. And why? Well, it's because that in order that, so that the worst and final punishment of God, which is eternal death, is not given to us. Jesus suffers the punishment for our sins so that we are set free. Today, today, when you eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, the holy sacrament, remember that he has taken your punishment. He's taken my punishment for me and for you. Adam and Eve ate the fruit which brought them death. Jesus feeds you with himself. The fruit of the tree of the cross. Flesh and blood given for you that give you life. And rescue you from the punishment and the torments of eternal hell. Let me ask you this. Do you see the ways in which Adam and Eve's sin was undone by Jesus? Pay close attention to those ways in which the fruits and transgressions of Adam and Eve were cured, were fixed by Jesus. See how what was ruined by man is made right by the Son of God. And know this, the way in which the Lord saved Adam and Eve is the same way that he saves you. Before Adam and Eve fell into sin, the Lord gave him, gave them his word. They abandoned that word and they plunged the world into death. But the Lord gave them his word again, more word. And this time, a word of promise and salvation. The seed would become, the seed would come and crush the serpent's head. The Lord saves Adam and Eve by his word. That is how he saves us. By giving us his word. His word and water. His word and supper. His word in the Bible. His word preached and taught. Word, word, word. No matter how much you might despise it, no matter how you ignore it, 
or don't want it. That's what the Lord has for you and for me. His Word. Words that call us to repentance for despising His Word. Words that give us life by absolving us of our sins. As you're called and consecrated, called and ordained servant of Christ, and by His authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. His Word works. Everything, and I mean everything, in your life is by and about and through the Word of God. Give that word up if you want. Ignore it if you can. Despise it if you must. Cast it away. Find other stuff that's more important. Go ahead. And you'll see what happens. A life lived apart from God's word is a life of miserly... <laughs> Slow down, Kenny. A life lived apart from God's word is a life of misery and hopelessness. So pay attention to God's word. Hold on to it. Treasure it. Believe it. It's your true and only defense against the devil who wants you to be nothing more than dust for him to munch on. But Jesus has come, the flesh... The word who became flesh has crushed the serpent's head. God's word says so. On this first Sunday in Lent, learn your repentance from Adam and Eve. Learn what happens when you pay little or no attention to God's word. Learn what happens when you let God's word go and listen to the whisperings of the devil. And then after you've learned that, repent of that awful sin and learn what God does about such things. Learn how God continues to give his word. Learn how he clothes us. How he takes the punishment we have coming. How in every way and from every angle our Lord Jesus rescues us, saves us from our sins and makes things right with God. Lent has begun. All eyes and ears on Jesus, who is the Word. The Word God, the Father, has given to save us. The Word who crushes serpent's head. The Word who crowns your head in glory. All eyes on Him. In the name of Jesus, amen.